are you doing? Hello. From deep cuts to future classics. Let's skip intro and find out what to watch on Netflix. What is there to say about Spike Lee? If the summer of 2020 needed anyone to lead the way, it would be Spike. From She's Gotta Have It through Malcolm X up to his recent Oscar winner Black Klansman, Spike has consistently fought the good fight and highlighted racial injustice, social hypocrisy and sometimes out-and-out urban warfare. With Defy Bloods, Spike's done it again. Under the guise of a treasure hunt adventure with a group of African-American Vietnam vets, we explore the US's potted and unpleasant history of oppression. I caught up with Spike in a week when it felt like the world was on fire. The death of George Floyd had led to protests all over the world. So to call this examination of race timely and important is an understatement. But as usual, Spike saw it coming. The Five Bloods was made over a year ago, which says more about the state of the world than Spike's psychic ability. Starring Delroy Lindo and Chadwick Boseman, this is Spike Lee at his visceral best. Is it fair to serve more than the white Americans that sent you here? Nothing is more confused than to be ordered into a war to die without the faintest idea of what's going on. I don't believe we met. What's your name? Spike, how the devil are you, sir? Doing good, doing good, sir. How are you? Not too bad at all. Um, very much enjoyed the film. Felt quite blockbustery for you. Does that does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? It, f- it feels quite bombastic. Well... I, if I if I can use the word, sir, epic. Epic. Okay, fine. The epics of your countrymen, David Lean, Lawrence Arabia, Dr. Yeah. Vago, and Bridge on River Kwai. Epic on that scale. You are there alongside them. You are you are nestled in with them. I'm sir. behind. I'm not beside <laughs> David Lean, but I love his films, and and his films have been something for me to, to, to strive towards when, when I do epic film like Malcolm X. Thank you. When you sit down, you know, blank sheet of paper or blank document on the, on, on your laptop or whatever, do you have a vision of, of the epicness, whether it is going to be a big kind of grand film or whether it's going to be slightly more inward looking? Do you, from the outset, do you, do you already see it in your head? Uh, I did not, I did not write this original script. It was, it was brought to me and I co-wrote it with, with my uh, co-writer, Kim Wilmont. But from the very beginning, I was thinking David Lean. <laughs> David Lean in Vietnam. Was it was it your creative decision, you know, with the flashbacks? Um, was it your creative decision to keep the guys as they were rather than yeah. have two two complete yeah, sets of Yeah, that was my decision. Uh, we didn't have a lot of... Was, the, the cost to do the de-aging would have been prohibitive. And another another uh, way to go was cast actors... As a younger version, I never, I rarely see that work. So I, I, I just had faith in the audience that they would get it, and they got it. We did. I was. It took a while. I was like, "Wow, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, he's aged very well." But then, then it kind of clicks, and you kind of like, "Okay, I'm going. I'm along with the ride. I'm along with the ride." Everybody else got it quicker than you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I'm very. I'm very slow. I have to say, just, um, sir. There's uh, those meant to jest. In jest. Oh, Spike, it's it's all good. People have said far worse to me. Peace and love in this world of hate. Peace and love. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we need some more of that. Um, 
one thing that I guess that us Brits aren't quite on top of as much as uh, obviously you guys in the States are, is the the way that African-American vets were treated off the back of Vietnam and I guess have continued to be treated. Is it Has it improved at all? To be honest, Vietnam vets across the board were treated not good. Black and white, brown, they were spat upon, called baby murders, you know, all types of stuff. So they did not they did not receive the treatment historically soldiers have come back from war. But in culture, we've been spoiled with kind of Vietnam kind of stories, whether that's deer hunter or this is the first time from a, from a viewer's point of view, I've seen it from an African-American's perspective. Is there a big disparity uh, still between, between white vets and, and, and African-American vets? In the armed forces? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a big article... Last week, the New York Times, where the New York Times reporter was interviewing, you know, people who left, who are in there, and black soldiers don't get, male and female don't get promoted to the same positions the other white counterparts get, even today. With one eye, obviously, over what is going on there, are we breaking through that glass ceiling now? With with Not yet, not yet. That's why people are marching in the streets. I was, I was in a march yesterday here in Brooklyn, and uh, Brooklyn is... Rep- you didn't take your bike again, did you? People recognise the bike, yes. Spike. You know, you can't you can't ride around in a yellow and purple bike. That's the only bike with a mask I got. Orange and blue. <laughs> Orange and blue, thank you, thank you, pardon. That's the only bike I got. But it, it was great being out there amongst the people, chanting, yelling, peacefully. It was all peace and love. And this was not just in Brooklyn. It's all across the United States and America. And in I saw there was march in, in, in you guys were marching in uh, in London yesterday. I heard we were, 3,000 yeah. people outside United States Embassy. I heard you guys took down a statue. We did, yeah. This this is a movement that's taking place all over the world, not just in the United States of America, because injustice is, is, is uh, not only a, a, a product of the United States of America, we do it better than we do it better than anybody else. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> not the only ones. <laughs> but it's, it, it, they got it down to a science over here in America. Who was that guy? He was the best soldier that ever lived. We bury it. They don't. We come back and collect. Being back here is not easy. Is that where you get the fire in your belly from? Uh, injustice. Yes, but at the same time. I'm a storyteller. So oh, going to my fourth decade, not every every single film has been about, you know, injustice. You know, I like have other interests. But uh this one, you know, I, I think anybody that sees this film knows that it was made with a purpose. Yeah. It struck me, it's incredibly entertaining. It's thrilling and exciting and, and you never you know, I mean That's why I used the word that, blockbuster before. Yeah, it felt, but it felt kind of, it, it felt like an action film, you know? Well, there, there is a thing, though, sir, that uh, I went to NYU film school. I never read any books saying that uh, you can't put different stuff together. I mean, one of my favorite films is uh, Dr. Strangelove from the Bronx, who moved to England. What is more serious than a film about the nuclear 
extinction of humankind. But that film is very funny too. I've, I've seen several films made by great directors where they put humor into very serious subject matters. And that's something we did here too. It's interesting that you used Dr. Strangelove as, as an example because that was done by, you know, obviously Kubrick wasn't known for his 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 great laughing uh, skills, you know. So well, I, guess, he, I guess we could put it all on Peter Sellers. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about how you... Um, how you shot it then? Was it a long shoot? You you did a lot of it, obviously, in the jungle. We shot in Thailand, and we ended in Vietnam. We started shooting March 25th, 2019, and we ended May 21st, 2019. That's pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we weren't messing around. When it's 100 degrees every day, you don't want to... <laughs> you don't have to go do it again. Let, yeah. Let's get it. <laughs> let's get out of here. We had to go to the jungle. No way we can try to do this on a Hollywood back lot. No way. Are you quite tight when you make films? Is there a lot left on the floor or do you go in knowing exactly what you need to shoot? I know I need to shoot, but I'm not averse to getting stuff that uh, we can use also. So I don't really have, you know, like rigid rules with, as far as my creativity goes. And talk to me a little bit about the, about the cast, because you've assembled an absolute stellar kind of lineup. Delroy's is the best I've seen him in, in, in years. He, he really gets stuck into it. It must have been incredibly satisfying to have been sat behind the camera seeing that come out. Well, I, I, first I got to give a love shout out to Kim Coleman, my casting director. Uh, Delroy's, we worked before, Delroy played Weston Archie and Malcolm X. Uh, he was in Clockers played my real life father in Crooklyn, a uh, uh, young upstart, Jonathan Majors, the grizzled veterans, Isaiah Whitlock, Clark Peters, Norman Lewis, the great, great Jean Renault. It was just uh, a dream cast where everybody contributed. Everybody knew what the film's about. Yeah. And everybody was like, Whatever you need, Spike, let's go. And that doesn't happen all the time on a film, film shoot. How do you manage that? Do you crack the whip or are you, do you kill with kindness? It depends on the actor. <laughs> you know, some actors, you get, they're very fragile. So some, you know, you have the kid gloves. Other ones, you, you might have, I might have to raise my voice a little bit. So you got to know, you got to know who you're working with. I just wondered, is Aisha's, uh, is the she it? Is that in his contract? Do, you know, there's, you, I, I sat there, I sat there waiting for it. And I was just, when it came, I was like, there if, it you is. Say, if you see Isaiah Whitlock in one of my films, you know it's coming. <laughs> no, it's just, you just don't know when, but you know it's coming. Um, this is going to be screened at Cannes, right? Out of competition. Yeah, out of competition at Cannes. Because I was, I was supposed to be president of the jury. Yeah. So it would have been. The world premiere would have been in con out of competition. It's kind of a blessing for us as as fans because it's it's dropping uh, this Friday, and uh, I think everyone on is Netflix. on Netflix, and it's just what everybody needs. You know, it's the it's the first it's the first major big release uh, that, that we've had that us film critics have had for months. So we're very we're very thirsty. Thank you. <laughs> well, I like to say to everybody out there, the, the great people of England have been supporting my film since 1986, the very first film, She's Gonna Have It. So I have nothing but love for England, for London, and uh, peace and love. Peace and love. And what, what, what one thing would you want us to take away from De Five Bloods? That the struggle continues. That so often, and I'm not blaming anybody, so often 
America is so horrific and is racism that people sometimes might lose focus on what is happening where they live. So racism is just, even though we do it better than anybody, <laughs> it's in your country, it's in your city, it's in your town, it's your neighborhood. It should not be anywhere on this God's earth. We appreciate you know, your support, but take care of home too. <laughs>